0: Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26. I'll just let you be seated as we read from the scripture. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. Everyone say, Don't be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign. Everyone says he reigns. Rain. How many know there's rain in the forecast? Some of you were here last week, you heard that. that. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. I love that. I'm not gonna preach from that verse, but let me just take a little micro sermon right now. I am so thankful that we can have the testimony that we used to be barren, but then the Lord came through. We used to be sick, but then the Lord healed our body. We used to be depressed. But then the Lord was the lifter of our head. I'm so thankful for that today. For with God, nothing will be impossible. I wish you would say that verse with me right now. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. Pray with me one more time, and let's ask the Lord to speak today. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this season. Thank you for all of us being together. We're blessed to have that privilege. Let the word find a good lodging place in all of our hearts today. And Lord, for that, we're going to thank you and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 To all of our uh, teachers and Sister uh, Tier and all of the team that put all that together with our kids' ministry, thank you. That was dynamite today. Those kids did a great job. (laughs) Amen. To Sister Courtney and the music team, I know that what we just experienced represents a whole lot of hard work. Thank you, Sister Courtney. Thank you, music team. Would you give them a great (laughs) hand of appreciation? This God whom we worship this morning is known to many of us by many terms. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the good shepherd. He is our guide. I'm thankful that God is true. He's not false. He's not exaggerated. He simply is true. God is a just God. How many here today have found this God to be a peace speaker in your life? When you're troubled, He speaks peace. He is a sufficient God who gives sufficient grace. I thank God for his amazing grace. But the Christmas story in our Bible means more than just simply making it through. It is not a narrative of survival. In fact, it is altogether different than that. I... I'm grateful for the feeling I get with the Christmas story. Sister Gaddy mentioned this. We had the privilege of being with our children's ministry this morning under the direction of our children's pastor, Sister Sarah Remington, and I got to read the Christmas story to the kids, and it was this huge book. I'm talking it was half my size. Huge book. (laughs) And Sister Gaddy flipped the pages, and I read to the kids, and I still enjoy the feeling that I get when I read the Christmas story, but it is so much more than just a feeling of good, st- a story with good feelings. It's so much more than just a cozy little manger on the backside of an inn somewhere. It's intended to be more than just a nice late December narrative, but as I preached last Sunday, this Christmas story is full Of miracles it's full of the supernatural power of God we don't go far at all in this Christmas narrative to find that God used angels everybody say God used angels it was the angel of the Lord that announced to Zachariah that John the Baptist would be born that's in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1 verses 11 to nineteen, It was Gabriel, the angel, who announced to Mary that she would mother the Savior. That's in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. It was an angel that showed up and informed Joseph of Mary's immaculate conception. That's in the Christmas story, as Matthew talks about in the first chapter of his gospel. It was an angel of the Lord that announced Jesus' birth to shepherds in the field. That is in the Christmas story. It's in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. It was the angel of the Lord that told Joseph to go flee with Mary and the child Jesus to Egypt. That's in The Christmas story in Matthew chapter 2. And then an angel appeared in a dream and informed Joseph when it was safe to go back to Israel. That's in the Christmas story in Matthew chapter number 2. You see, the story of the birth of Jesus is absolutely not possible without the acknowledgement of supernatural If we believe the Christmas story, then we choose to believe in the miraculous power of God. If we agree with the Christmas narrative, then we must agree with the miraculous power of God. Consider with me just a few Of these points, there was pregnancy in the body of Elizabeth who the Bible says was well advanced in years. I will just say, I'll make this personal, those of you 60 years and up, consider for just a moment if all of a sudden you found out you were pregnant. I'll give you a moment to get up off the floor. You would say that would be miraculous. Well, it was miraculous in the Christmas story. It's miraculous that a virgin girl, Mary, would give birth. It's miraculous that there would be a pinpointing to shepherds the exact city in Israel as to where Jesus would be born. Shepherds keeping Watch over a dirty flock of sheep on a hillside and angels show up from heaven and put the GPS coordinates on the Savior and tell them it's in Bethlehem where the Savior is being born. It's miraculous the protection of Jesus from a murderous Herod and the flight of Jesus and his family to Egypt. It's also dynamic to me how God comes through supernaturally when we need it the most. He has his eyes upon us this morning. He sees us at Christmas time. He sees our family in the time of our need. You see, as we study this out, Rome had ruled the Jews under Caesar Augustus for nearly 30 years before the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. God's people had then been oppressed and pushed down and ruled over for decades. And so when the angel showed up on the scene, he did not come and say, I'm going to come alongside you and I'm just going to prop you up, Mary. I'm going to come alongside you and help you. Just a little bit on your way. That's not what the angel said. The the angel came to Mary and said, The Holy Ghost is going to come on you. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. The power of God is going to be on you, Mary. You're going to have a baby and He's going to save people from their sin." I know people are going to look at it and think that's a nice story, but it's way more than just a nice story. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you. The Holy Ghost is going to do what you can't do and what others can't do. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, there's going to be a creative power. There's going to be a creative anointing on your life. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, What is created inside of you is not just going to help people get by, but what is created inside of you is going to be a child that grows into a man that gives his life on a cross and saves people from their sin. This story is full of the miraculous. And so today... Christmas 2023, I have the unenviable task of portraying our great God using words. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the task of trying to explain this limitless, eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing and all-encompassing God using simple, frail words. Now, I'm just going to cut to the chase and tell you, it cannot be done adequately. Do I have an amen corner in the house today? Any word that I would come up with to try to adequately describe this great God would fall well short of the way that he's worthy of praise. And he's worthy of worship. It would fall so short. We could come up with the most illustrious term. The greatest term. The term with the greatest grandeur. And anointed as much as we could. And yet when we get it out, God goes beyond that power. And God is higher than that explanation. And God is greater than what we could ever explain. He is above all He is through all and He is in you all. There is nobody like Him. He is wonderful and He is counselor. He is the mighty God and He is the everlasting Father. He is the one who is today, the one who was and the one that shall come. Oh, I feel like preaching about this God right now. He is from everlasting and he is to everlasting. He is the great physician and the good shepherd. He is the one that we need. Come on and help me praise him right now. Come on, with your words, give him praise. Come on, while you got your hands clapped, use your words. Say, God, they fall short, but I praise you with my words. God works miracles. Would you say that with me? God works miracles. I want us to say it again. God works miracles. Come on, I need some help today. Say it again. God works Miracles. I wish there was a way in this great holy house for every person to get that in your spirit to believe that exiting one year and entering another year, there is a God who is able and a God who is powerful enough and a God who is on the throne. Come on, God works miracles. God works miracles. God works miracles. He does. He does. Now You got to understand where I'm coming from today. Stacey and I were uh, enjoying a meal yesterday, and while we were preparing the meal, uh, I don't even know what we were talking about, but she walked around the kitchen, and she said, God has been doing some great things healing people's bodies. And at that time, I'm several hours before I'm going to get behind this pulpit and I felt something come on me in the kitchen. I didn't even tell my wife, but I felt something come on me in the kitchen. There are people here today, right now, right now. I'm not talking about three weeks from now or six months in the past. There are people in this house right now who you knew what it was to be sick in 2023, but you're sitting here healed in 2023 because God worked a miracle god worked a miracle god is a miracle working god god can transcend natural law and he can transcend all of our thinking about that natural law think about this one if god can form a baby in the womb of a woman who's never been with a man, God can do anything. He can do anything. Albert Einstein said it like this. There are only two ways to live your life. One is as if nothing is a miracle. The other is as if Everything is. So I'm in this house today looking at miracles. (laughs) You know, I'm feeling it when I take my jacket off at this point in the sermon. I'm looking. I don't need the Lord to come and heal my leg right now. And by the way, it's okay. I don't have any problem with it. I don't need God to do anything physically in my body right now to prove to me that he's a miracle worker. This guy just has to open his eyes on Sunday morning and look at people that used to be depressed and bound by drugs and shackled by sin, and yet you're in the house of God. You're here on a Sunday morning. I am looking at miracles. We are surrounded by miracles. Look at someone near you right now and say, you're a miracle. Come on, tell someone, whether you believe it or not, you're a miracle. I'm going to keep on preaching until most of us understand it today. By the end of this sermon, you and I will have inhaled and exhaled 400 times. Most of us don't give a second thought about breathing, but consider the oxygen atom. Air passes through your nose. Unwanted dust and debris is filtered out. We move about 440 cubic feet of air per day through our nose and our trachea into our lungs. The surface area of the lungs is 40 times greater than the surface area of your body. Inside the space between our ribs, inside the lungs, oxygen hitchhikes with hemoglobin and travels throughout our body via blood vessels. If those blood vessels were laid end to end, they would wrap around the earth four times. At the end of the journey, the oxygen atom enters individual cells, bonds with food that we eat, and releases energy. Breath itself is a miracle. And Acts 17 and 25 said, God gives all men breath and life. Job said in the 34th chapter, if God withdrew his breath from us, we would return to dust. 23,000 breaths a day. 23,000 miracles a day. There's another miracle. 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 miracle. We don't even think about it. We don't tell ourselves to breathe. And yet while we're in the midst of this service, God is providing one miracle on top of another. Philip Yancey wrote a book called Rumors of Another World. He said, There's two ways of looking at the world. One takes the world apart while the other seeks to connect and put it together. We live in an age that excels in the first and falters at the second. I would propose to us that there are two ways of approaching God one takes God apart, we make God manageable and measurable. We reduce God to a set of propositions and very neat, tidy theologies. And if we aren't careful, we can end up with God in a box. Or as A.W. Tozer said, we end up with a God who can never surprise us, never overwhelm us, never astonish us, and never transcend us. Or we look at a God... That is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could ask or think. Think about that with me. Even beyond what I can ask for. Even beyond what I can imagine or consider with my mind. Can we give God that room to work in our thinking? I'm giving you room, eternal miracle God, to do what only you can do. Now, when you and I open our Bibles that we have read from this morning and I have quoted from this morning, we will find that in order to produce any miracle, God only needs one thing from us. Somebody who believes he can do it. Somebody that just says, you can do it. You can do it. I'm not going to put you in a box. I'm not going to tell you how you're going to do it. I just believe you can do it. Mary said it like this when the angel announced this almost preposterous situation. She said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let's believe, new life here this pastor right now, let's believe at this season And going into 2024 for God to fulfill what Isaiah said when he prophesied as the Lord spoke and said, Behold, I will do a new thing. I will even make a way in the wilderness and I will make rivers in the desert. Is there somebody in this season and entering into a brand new year that would rise up in your spirit and say God I hear what you're saying you are going to do a new thing. You're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. You're going to bring moisture and a river in a dry desert place. You're able to do it and I simply Believe you. I am praying, listen closely. I'm praying for myself and for us, anybody that I have influence with, that you and I, going into a brand new year, and especially at this Christmas time, will stop trying to figure God out. How many know there's one throne in heaven, and your name and my name's not on that throne? Well, if I was God, I'd do it this timeline, I'd do it this way. No, no, no. that's why we're not God. Right. Just real quick, just to help, help people out around you, have you ever had the Lord, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways, have you ever had the Lord answer a prayer, come through miraculously, and after the fact, after that case, you thought to yourself, woo, I'm glad he's God. And I'm not. Do we have any honest folks in the house right now? Anybody in this house that when God comes through, you step back and you think, wow, he really did see me the whole time. He really did have me in his eye the whole time. He did let my life intersect with that person and this situation unfold into that. He really does see the end from the beginning. I am struck in Mark chapter number 9 by the man who came to Jesus whose son had a mute spirit. He could not speak. He could not proclaim praise on his own and he could not petition for his deliverance on his own. The Bible says that the spirit that had him bound threw him on the ground and he would foam at the mouth, pining away, one version says. When the man, the father, brought his son to Jesus in one last-ditch effort to conquer this child, the Bible declares that the spirit showed out and threw the boy on the ground. It is in this passage in Mark chapter number 9 that Jesus is recorded as stating this to the father. If you can believe, All things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Notice what Jesus said and what he did not say. He did not say, if you believe, you're gonna figure out everything Jesus is doing. No, he didn't say that. But he said, if you can believe, Anything is possible to him that believes. Now that's dramatic. That's powerful. I read that. It's in red in my Bible and I think, yes, I can preach on that. I can live on that. And yet thank God for an honest father who replied to this emphatic declaration of the Christ with the following statement. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Somebody, if you've been waiting for the good part of the sermon, it's right now. This is proof that the miraculous power of God will not be held hostage. By some resident unbelief living in my heart. Because this father said, I believe. Would you please help my unbelief? Can I just tell you the way I think that should be said? I believe. But I also got a little bit of unbelief. But it's also proof. That there is, is of necessity the understanding that he had more belief in the miraculous power of God than he had unbelief that it couldn't happen for him. I pray that there will be men and women and children, students and young adults in this great church today who will finish the service on December 17th. Saying, Lord... I believe but help my unbelief I believe but help shore up the part of me that doesn't believe but Lord I am pushing down the residue of unbelief in my life and I am choosing right now in this great place to lift up my spirit to you and say I believe you can heal I believe you can deliver I believe you can bring restitution. I believe you can restore. I believe you can bring breakthrough. I simply believe. Why don't you stand with me right now? I feel like there's some people in this room that may just want to slip up holy hands to the Lord and say, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. I believe, Lord, just help my unbelief. Come on, it's okay. You say, I'm normal, I'm human, pastor. Yes, welcome, get in line. We're all human, we all have things that have residue of unbelief in our heart, but can we let our belief get greater? Come on, I feel like the Lord's helping somebody to tap into his miraculous. Can we let our faith be greater than our unbelief on Sunday morning? Lord, help my unbelief. This father's unbelief did not cancel out his belief. His belief was just stronger. His belief was just stronger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will tell you today, and I want you to hear me closely because this may really help some people in this room because we're blessed when we hear other people's perspective. Most of the time, the unbelief that I deal with in my heart is a result and can be boiled down to the fact I don't know exactly how he's going to do it. It's not that I don't think he's able. I just don't know how he's going to do it. And so perhaps it's normal because of that, because of this finite difference between us and this eternal God, for us to have a little residue of unbelief. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord, but overwhelmingly today. I believe. I believe. Listen, the longer you face the uncertainty, how easy it is to let that unbelief grow. But could there be some people that have been praying a prayer for 12, 13, 14, 15, 20 years who would rise up and keep pushing unbelief down and saying, God, I know I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't figured out yet how you're going to do it. But there's more of me today that says you are going to do it, Lord. In your time, in your way, in your agenda, in your plan, I believe that you're working. Even when I don't see it, and even when I can't sketch your hand or see your heart, I believe you're working, Lord. Help my unbelief. I I believe, I believe, here's what I would like us to do, Dwight Moody said this, when God is your partner, make big plans, when God's your partner, Brother Garrett, make big plans, believe God for everything that you have need of, I believe, here's what I'd like us to do. I would like us to signify our belief in the Lord, specifically with something that you're asking God for in this season or going forward into a new year. And I'm going to ask you to signify that by doing one thing, and that's slipping out from where you are and just coming and joining us around the front. Don't come yet because I want to give you some direction. Listen real close. When you come, when you come, I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to take a lot of discipline. Please don't come. And you know yourself, so I'm not going to judge however you're praying, but please don't come begging. Don't step out and come here and think that because of the volume of tears that somehow God will be impressed enough to give the answer. Remember what I said, there's one thing that produces miracles on our part, and that is someone who believes. So when we come i know the load is heavy i know there are some things that i haven't faced that you've faced that you're carrying a heavy load today but for this sunday in this season with this miraculous god can we step out and come with our hands and our hearts held high saying lord i believe i believe i'm praying for a pastor in jonesboro named daryl runyon who needs a miracle in his kidney but I'm not coming begging God today. I'm coming believing God that He's gonna make a way for Brother Runyon. I am. I'm believing. Those of you gonna come and populate this altar area and you've got sickness in your body, the thing that will turn God's hand toward us is not the volume of our tears or our pity, but it's belief that says, God, you have it in control. And there's nothing that you will separate me from in your kingdom except your good for me and so I believe today that you're working on my behalf if that's you and you're ready to simply profess that through your belief and coming in faith and saying God I believe whatever the situation is whatever the miracle need is would you step out right now and come and join me right here and slip your hands up to the Lord and say I believe Lord I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. Come on. I believe, Lord. You know what? When it gets in our spirit that we believe, we can pray with a lifted voice. We can pray with a lifted voice. Why? Because the God of eternity is listening to us right now. I believe, Jesus. Help my unbelief. I believe, Jesus help my unbelief right now come on while you are praying the gifts of the Spirit are going to be in operation and you're going to begin to minister to people around you but I don't want you to pray for them with a pity in your voice I want you to grab them by the hand and lift that hand and say I believe with them I believe with them for a miracle I believe with them for a breakthrough I believe Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, Lord. Come on, one miracle after another. One breath after another. One breakthrough after another. One miracle after another. You're surrounded by miracles. You're surrounded by miraculous people. You're breathing miraculous breaths right now. He is a miracle worker come on go ahead and lift up your voice to the Lord right now go ahead and lift up your voice to the Lord right now you're a miracle worker Lord come on this Christmas is a miracle season this story is a miracle story Woo! hallelujah.